Why Do We Sound So Good? Because we're at Dead Aunt Thelma's studio and Mike Moore is engineering for us. Thanks, Dead Aunt Thelma's. Thanks, Mike. Hey, everybody. I'm Susanna Mars, and welcome to Adventures in Artlandia. I am sitting with Don Horn and Kevin Loomis. Don is producing the new musical, That's No Lady, which honors Walter Cole slash Darcel, who is the Guinness World Record holder as the oldest performing drag queen in the world. And Kevin is playing that part. Kevin and I have a history of, I mean, I guess it's that way with many actors, but first I'll welcome you. Hi. Hi. Hello. (laughs) I get so excited. I look at your face. (laughs) And, uh, you know, Kevin, you've had an incredible career and you're from Oregon. I am. And you've come full circle. Just give us a little uh, travelogue of your journey as an actor. Um, I spent, I went through a professional actor training program at Mm the University of Washington. Um, After that, I did a season at Ashland, went Back to Seattle for 16 years or so. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles for almost five. Seattle for another four. And then um, New York for 12. Mm-hmm. And then I did a, a year walkabout mm-hmm. in the U.S. and Europe and Mexico. Yeah. And then landed here and uh, started work with Don's company. And uh, now I'm living here for the first time since high school. Wow. Are are you happy to be back? I'm very happy to be back. We're happy to have you. Thank you. We're lucky to have you. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. You should have seen. um, I had not met Kevin. Mm -hmm. I really cast him because Cynthia Furman said, cast this kid. We were just talking about how Cynthia Furman makes things happen. Yeah. So... Walter Cole Darcel mm-hmm. is looking over the exhibit the Wave Oregon Historic Society, and he was looking through that. And Kevin, and I had not met Kevin yet. Mm-hmm. So he's in the other room. He's walking one direction. Walter's walking the other direction. They meet each other. Darcel, Darcel. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. It was so fun to see this. Now, you have a very, very long history with Darcel. I do. Can you speak a little bit to that? How'd you meet? Well, I, and it's funny because. There's always a story. I went down to a club and I met him. I didn't. I wrote a play about Divine. Mm-hmm. And the only person I thought could do the show, because I'd heard he was an actor. Mm-hmm. And um, I went down and called him up and he said, come over to the house. And so I went over to the house and I rang the doorbell, rang the doorbell, no answer. And I thought, well, this is strange. So I started going, yoo-hoo. And I went around the corner, I heard sign. And I thought, okay. So I went, knocked on the gate. Still sighing. And I opened the gate, and there's this man in sweats with long fingernails, big glasses, you know, with nails as long as, like I said, long as I can think, with rings, sign wood. <gasps> and therein mm-hmm. lies the beautiful uh, container that is Walter Darcel. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and he was building a set for La Femme, which I didn't know anything about either. Uh. And he said, what do you want? to do with me and I so I wrote this play and I'd really believe that you could do it and he read it and he said let me do it and I said it has to be out of drag mm. it cannot be done in drag because it's the night um, before um, Harris dies mm-hmm. and I said he's at his hotel room he's packing to go to LA because he's going to be a galato on Married with Children he's, he's going to be an act, known as an actor like Walter wanted to be known as an actor instead mm-hmm. of you know, as an, as a drag queen. And I said, this is a perfect role for you. And we did it for 10 weeks and then sold out. And then he took it down to his club for another 10. Well, it's really interesting you bring up out of drag because I recently had an opportunity to work with Darcel, mm. uh, with PGMC. Yeah. And 
it occurred to me what it means to a drag performer to put the makeup and the gown on. And, and I bet you can probably speak to that, Kevin. You've probably been thinking quite a lot about that, who he is in both personas. Right, right. Well, um, he's mostly, uh, well, majority of the show he's in drag. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've seen him speak of Darcel as a a character. Mm -hmm. And once once the makeup goes on, once the costume and heels goes on, then he becomes that character. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the first time I've done drag, Mm. uh, or will have done drag. So yeah, I'm trying to think ahead to that. Um, It'll be interesting to make that transition. Who's going to help you with the makeup and the hair? Walter. Walter? Yeah. And there's actually, and it's actually done on stage Mm -hmm. during a song. That's awesome. Called Painting You. I saw that. That kind of leads me. I want to go back to that a little bit in a little bit, but your collaborators are, it's a stellar collaborative that you have put together, which is not surprising. That's one of your specialties, bringing great people together. Directed by Brandon Woolley. Mm-hmm. Music directed by John Quisenberry. Mm-hmm. Produced by you, Don. Set designs, Tim Stapleton. Set consultant, Jeff Seats. Lighting design, Jeff Woods. Stage manager, Jason Coffey, who's your longtime collaborator and a wonderful person. 23 years. Yeah. Choreographer, Sarah Martins. Beautiful choreographer, human educator, PGMC choreographer. Dramaturg, Rick Lewis, mm-hmm. an incredible music theater genius. Uh, and video projection, Ian Anderson Pretty. And... I, I mean, then let's talk about the people who wrote the songs with me. Yes, I mean, you know, that, is that right? I mean, I, I, there's so much right there, yeah, and yeah. then there's Tom Grant, Marvin Rindy Ross, Storm Large, Wesley Bowers, Jonathan Quisenberry again, and Rodie Ortega. Mm-hmm. So, how do you go about amassing this kind of team? Well, it's funny too because going back, how I even started this musical and mm. the book, I was doing Walter Warner or Darcel. I, I know Miss Walter because I've known him for so long. Darcel um, wanted to do a show called Pageant mm-hmm. about a drag queen um, where you would vote and see who won Miss Glamorous. That was night. the pageant that was going on. That's an old show. It's an old show. I've I done remember. It, I've done it 2004 and then on. Right. And when I announced that I was going to do it, he called me up and said, Donnie, you're doing the show I've always wanted out at the club, but mm-hmm. I can't do it because they want a long-term four or five nights a week, and Mm. I can only do Sundays. So he said, please do it, but someday please do it down at the club. Mm. So in 2016, I went to him and said, I would love to do this at the club Mm because you've always wanted it. We want to bring it back. Poison Waters, Kevin was in it, Joe Mm. Healy and people like that. He said, great, so we decided Sundays. Was that the one that Stephen Nash was in? No, Stephen was never in um, that. Tim McBride was in it. That's what I'm confused. Tim McBride was in it, that's right. And so what happened was... As I was on stage one night, I looked back there in the booth because I always have their their booth. Mm-hmm. And I said, how does he stay in business when he just puts on a dress, sells a ticket, and that's it for all these years? Right. How does that happen? Because it's been 50 years. It's 53 years almost. Right. So, you know, from the time he bought the Demas Tavern business mm-hmm. until now, he didn't start drag until 1969. He bought the tavern in 67. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, how? I know, I know. And I said, how does that happen? How do you stay? It's longer than Starbucks. Right. How does this happen? And I remember when I first moved here in 88, you know, one of the first things everybody at my husband's office, we're going to take you to Darcell's. Right. <laughs> I'm like, what's yeah. Darcell's? And, and Gary remembers that um, Darcell made it fun of the fact that I am kind of small breasted and that I was from <laughs> California. Mm. And apparently it didn't daunt me. I stayed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if there is. 
is Aunt that is there's a song called Aunt Lil that's mm-hmm. I wrote f- because Aunt Lil is like my Aunt Lee that she protects you. Mm-hmm. There's always someone in your life that protects you, mm-hmm. and we have so many parallels in our life. My mm-hmm. mom's real name is Lil, oh. and his aunt was Aunt Lil. Wow! And, and Tom I, Grant wrote the music for that song. Yeah, yeah. And so the thing was is that when you start hearing the things that are parallel, you start realizing how much of people's lives are parallel. We Do all you have. find that the parallels? occur because you are both gay men or do you think it's parallels? I mean, do you think? No, because I, I started my business 30 years ago. He started his mm-hmm. you know, 52 years ago. Right. We're, you know, we own our own businesses, right? right? We're kind of the people know when they walk in, they see a guy barefoot and tan, they know That's it's done. And you know. they know Darcel. <laughs> and they know Darcel. And you've both been successful in very difficult businesses to maintain right. for a very long time you know, with tons of integrity and success and huge followings. Right. We're very fortunate. Yeah. We, well, and the thing is, like I said, my mom was aunt, was Lil, his Aunt Lil. Mm. Um, when his dad died, his dad left a will that said, I father no children. Mm. When my dad died, he said, if any of my children um, go after this will, I'll disown him. So we've had, a, again, parallel, parallel. We really could talk. It's funny how we sit down. Mm-hmm. Like today we talked. Um, I meet him every Wednesday, and I we really have conversations. And today was about his father. Mm. And his fa- he said he sat next to his father all the time. And I says, when I was in Greece thinking about, because I have the book that I've finished, and I said, my dad made sure I sit next to him always too. Mm. So it's those really weird things all the way through. Like we are just 24 years apart, but it seemed like we could have been twins. And you're mm-hmm. talking about the book you wrote about Darcel. Yeah. Yeah, just so people know. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's a 725-page book. book. Right, and can people purchase it? Not yet. Not yet. But Kevin it's read in the, the unedited version, and there's a lot of mistakes. <laughs> you know, that's life. But a lot of great information. Mm. Yeah, it's the arc of his whole life. Yeah. Yeah. So as you're writing this book, you're in rehearsal, and you I know you had a block of rehearsals, and you had a break, then you go back into rehearsals. Mm-hmm. Are you at a frozen place in the script at this point? We haven't even started working on the script. So we're Brandon wants to do something different, and that is sit down and actually do a table work through of the script before we start rehearsing. Oh, nice! Which I love, um, and it's nice to have that time to do that. Right, right. right. As right. we were speaking, we were about many theaters now, yeah. ten, twelve days, you're, you're up. Right. Well, and the thing is, it's funny too because. Walter is 88, Darcel's 88, right? Mm-hmm. He's almost 89. So like today, he said, Donnie, I really want you to get this right. Mm. And I said, if I get it right, you have to tell me the whole story, mm. not just what you want people to know. Mm. And it was about his father and him. Mm-hmm. And we really had an hour-long conversation and tears and the emotion about what happened. Mm. And I tell you, there was things I didn't want to know. And in the script, I'm adding, um, his father molested him mm-hmm. for three years. And he never talked about it ever until one day he was at a school and a kid stood up and said, I was molested. And Walter said right then, he said, it just triggered. Mm-hmm. I was too. Oh. Didn't even think about it until that time. Mm-hmm. And he's like 45, 50. Wow. No filter. No filter at all. Mm-hmm. So he said during... Our conversation before I went to Greece, he goes, my aunt, and my aunt Lil moved in after my mom died, and she stayed in my parents' bedroom. My dad moved in to my bedroom, mm-hmm. and that's when the molestation happened. Mm-hmm. And he said something out of the blue. He said, my aunt Lil must have known. Mm-hmm. And in the song, it says, she's my guardian angel. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, and which is so true. And the thing is, is that she moved his a cot into her room. Mm. So she must have known. And so I added that line so it doesn't feel so dirty mm. or that nobody cared about him. Mm-hmm. That my Aunt Lil loved me so much that there, there was a cot put in her room just in case. Mm. So there's little things even at 88. He's still filtering out and letting me in. Well, those are things that I know all the hurts that we hold yeah. and everyone has some hurts. You know, you figure out how and when you can reveal such things. Yeah. There's a great lyric in one of the songs saying, we all are what we hide. Mm. And I was like, wow, mm. if that isn't a truism. Yeah. Yes, I am with Randy and Marvin, Randy Ross. Oh. And you do you know s- how I got these people? You know the story behind it. I don't. Okay, so working on the book mm-hmm. um, and working on the musical, mm-hmm. um, Walt told me, or Walter told me, or Darcel told me. It's hard because, you know, anyway, he... Um, Walsell. Yeah, Walsell. <laughs> he said, well, he owned a coffee espresso, mm-hmm. um, which was a PSU, then it moved down. Mm-hmm. And he was an actor, mm-hmm. um, Jerry Leith. Do you remember Jerry Leith? Very, Very I came thickly. just as he departed. Yeah. Because he was very good friends with Sue, Sue Ellen. Yeah, exactly. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. And so what happened was is that he, when the Jerry Leith had a theater underneath the Cafe Espresso, mm-hmm. and Jerry said, it was too noisy. There's too many people upstairs. I can't do a show downstairs when there's noise upstairs. Mm-hmm. So he moved his theater out. And, Jer- and so Walter had nothing in the basement. And so he started a jazz club. Well, mm. Tom Grant played there when mm. he was a high schooler. Oh, for heaven's sake. And his father, before he died, this is the first only time Tom's dad got to see him play professionally. So when I when I heard that, I go, Tom Grant, I'm going to call you up. And Tom had worked with me a couple times before, and I said, mm. hey, Tom, let's meet. And he told me the story, and I recorded it because I really wanted to hear what the background really was. Mm-hmm. They mashed completely. Mm. And I said, will you help me write a song? And he goes, for Darcel, no problem. Right. He Darcel, started my chorale. Oh, okay. I mean, when I was singing with PGMC and singing for Darcel at this event recently, the last PGMC concert, the love, the the, the that entire theater at the Keller Auditorium. I was there. It was like a two-minute standing ovation. Was, it was so cool. I mean, and to be in the pit and yes. to see Walter Darcel's face oh, yeah. and this kindness, this generous, wonderful person, and this love. Ah, it was so moving. I mean, there were chills and mm-hmm. tears, and he's so, he's beloved. Well, and Susie, the thing is, he's that way all the time. Yeah. It's not like, you know, there are times, I've seen him blow a stack, mm-hmm. and we all do. Did he have a saw in his hand? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I've seen him where he, because he protects what he's got. Yeah. And I told, I mean, I've, I protect my theater. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we do nudie on stage, there's somebody right next to me. We're always protected, right? Mm-hmm. If there's any situation whatsoever, we're protected. I've always believed that. Mm-hmm. And I believe he's the same way, that it protects his home. Mm-hmm. And the one thing is, is that he loves his home. Mm. I mean, he built it. Yeah. You know. And part of that home, it feels to me, is the that love that exists between him and the world, you know, the people who mm-hmm. love what he does and the club and what's it like to, you know, bear that it, as, you know, you're, you're really big heels to fill. Yes, it really <laughs> it is. is. I mean, he is such an icon. He's done so much charitable work. Oh. He's beloved. Yes. And so uh, it, there is a bit of weight on the shoulders about 
doing it right. Well, you that's, have... I see the film the same way because he's still alive. When yeah. I did when I did Gracie, mm-hmm. people remembered. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in the audience. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Watching the show with his family, his mm-hmm. kids and his grandkids. You know, so. You know, you've got, and the press is looking at you and the whole bit, so you've got this whole weight of, I have to write the musical right, right? Mm-hmm. I have to make sure everything's right and then hire the right people mm. because if we don't do it right, there's no do-overs on this one because yeah. he's going to be sitting right there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a little <laughs> bit of pressure. You have a very a gentle kindness about you that's very, it reminds me, there's a, a nice energetic mm-hmm. share Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I can see some similarities. We took a picture at the first read-through uh-huh. of Walter and I, and I thought I kind of looked like him at a younger age. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just posted a photo, a video. I don't know if you saw the video. Um, Margie Belay in 1979 oh, yes, went down yeah. to uh-huh. go interview him. I have a lot of videos. You're going to see a lot of videos. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah, I will do a lot of this because I want people to see. fun to share in the joy of his career. He's got blonde hair then. So, you know, the years have gone by. And so it was put on his makeup and he said today, Donnie, I was young. (laughs) Because again, you look at your life. Right. But I will tell you, going over and seeing him, I mean, the door is always unlocked. Mm. You know, he made coffee when I got the the lemon donuts out today, and it's that family that lemon he, donuts. Yeah, that they Fran's good. donuts has. I didn't know if you wanted, <laughs> but it's that whole thing where we love lemon. I mean, it's so funny. Again, that's like we we Greece. said, what's your favorite? What's your favorite? Um, pie. We both said together, lemon meringue. Oh. It was like, <laughs> it's, so again, parallels. But right. the thing is, is that that's the way he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, his house that he has, mm-hmm. we're trying to get the National Register, has always been open for people with AIDS or mm. people that are that have no money or employees that work for him. He was just saying today, Johnny Ray stay there, and so Maxine Andrews, and you know, Christine Jorgensen, the wow. famous people of his lives, but at the same time, people that, you know, were dying of AIDS. Mm-hmm. You know, so you he's open his life, not just seeing him at the club. He's open his life to that. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's amazing. So you have, I think it's eight or nine, uh, nine songs total, eight original songs. Is that still there's accurate? There's eight original and there's nine that are done from the club, from con- uh, inception. Got you. To, so th- there are some like Rhinestone Cowboy, everybody will know that. Oh, fun. And on Saturday, he'll have to choreograph that, so it'll be fun. <laughs> um, and you have... Proud Mary and things like that have been done the club throughout. I see. And then so it's their original songs. So some of the classic the lip synced numbers oh. will be done as well. Well, you Great. have to. You have to because that's, yeah, that's, that's his the story. World. Yeah. yeah, that's his world. So as the book writer and you know aligning all these things and you know putting these all these things together and choosing what how you're going to put this story together, you're still in the midst of editing that and. Creating well, it. and thank you because um, about four months ago something happened in his life, mm-hmm. and when I left the hospital because he was in the hospital, mm-hmm. I pulled aside the road. I'm gonna cry. Pulled aside the road because I heard something from a nurse, mm-hmm. and I knew I had to change the musical, mm. the beginning and the end, mm. and it changed my feeling about the musical mm-hmm. and how the musical should be because it was more like celebration the whole bit, and now it's like reflection, like. This is a life well lived, mm-hmm. but it's a life lived because mm. he comes out of the hospital waiting for his family to pick him up mm-hmm. and he gets to look back on his life mm. compared to, yay, he's now the, you know, the world Guinness Book of World Records a little mm-hmm. bit. No, this is an opposite because I don't know how much long time I have left. Right. No I don't one know does. how much time he has left. Mm-hmm. 
And that really hit me after driving from the hospital. Well, it's interesting because I've always thought of you as a real optimist in the world. You're very positive. And so it sounds as though the weight of this person's life has kind of taken hold in you. Yeah. And he's obviously an incredibly close friend in addition to being an inspiration. I was gone for a month. And when I called him the first couple of days when I was gone, he goes, are you coming back? <laughs> you know, so when I walked in the door today, he goes, oh, you're back. It's about time you come over. You know, so, yeah, I mean, you know, and it's he, for the first couple times we met, it, I knew that we were going to be ruffled feathers. Mm. And he said, please ask me questions that nobody's ever asked. Mm. And he was being interviewed by somebody a couple of weeks ago. And he said, the person that's asked me the most questions I don't know the answers to is Donnie. Because mm. I've gone through his whole house and the club. Mm-hmm. And I've I've found things and pulled things out. And I have found videos. And mm. he had a cable access show for two years. Wow. So I have I have Mark Allen, mm. you know, oh, on video. I was video. just thinking about him the other day. So, yeah, I'll him. post that in a little bit with Jerry Leith and the whole bit of the people nice. that were influential. Wow, that's um, going to be just a really a historical – you've got a lot of artifacts. I do. I do. And it's <laughs> kind of exciting to share it now. I guess. I mean, it's celebratory and exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's why it was not hard to write the book mm-hmm. because I had the resources. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like trying to go get him. I just had to go up in the attic. Well, or now go the, the trouble is going to be paring it down because it sounds as though there are a good 80 years of fabulous stories. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, how do you, I mean, you've been in many musicals over the years. How do you take a life? I mean, do you have a sense of how you, you condense a life into a beginning, middle, and end I, of this I, magnitude? Do you think I've done yeah. a good job? Yeah, yeah, I okay. do. I mean, I mean, you have to think of the audience as well, obviously. Right. But right. yeah, I mean, what do you decide gives insight and uh, and entertainment mm-hmm. and uh, and also hit the points that people know about and want to be reminded of? Yeah. So it's it's kind of a tricky high wire act, you yeah. know, and and also to keep it within the uh, amount of time where audiences aren't getting restless. Right. It's well, a two-act musical, yeah. I am assuming. Yeah. The thing is also is that if it gets transferred further, mm-hmm. will people care about the guy on stage? Because right. in exactly. Portland, it's Darcel. It's right. an icon. But is the story then going to carry to other audiences that don't necessarily know this exactly. person? Exactly. Yes. So th- How does the story get be... universal? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that I finished the book t- at the original and I gave it to him and he goes, this is my war and peace type of thing. And no, that's what people say. And it kind of is. It's this thing. It's a tone. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, Donnie, the next book. <laughs> so when I was in Greece, I actually was writing the next book, and it's about his costumes. Because I want to honor him as a costume designer. Wow. Because he's made about 1,500 costumes over the years. Mm. He calls them costumes, not dresses. He's well, an actor. And I saw Rhodey wrote a song, Rhodey Ortega mm-hmm. wrote a song Sewing. called Sewing. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that's the one that's the pain of the... Uh-oh. It's, it's, uh... Rhodey is an accomplished and a complex composer. Mm-hmm. There's so many words. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and but I, you're, are you the word, did you write the words lyrics, on that? Yeah, you wrote the lyrics, yeah. so you only have Don to thank for well, that. No, Rody, Rody did a couple extra things that I love, so yeah. Uh-oh. And and kind of, yeah. I would, a lot of words I want to say sewing. asymmetrical music. It's not just a right. lilting melody. It's, it jumps around. Mm-hmm. A little Sondheim-esque. Yeah. Uh, so. What well, has to be in a way. Um, the thing with sewing is that if... In his basement, mm-hmm. there is a sewing room and a cutting room. Mm. And we were just down there about 25, 30 minutes ago, and there's all this fabric, and there's just 
popped in. Mm. And he'll go, when I was doing the Gracie musical, I go, do you have anything of Gracie's? I go, Barbara goes, yeah, come on down the stairs. Went downstairs, goes on. So here's her dress and here, he just knew where it was. And so that sewing, when I started working on it, really was, he knows exactly. He just goes down the sewing machine, starts sewing. Has the museum or in, or maybe any other place um, expressed interest in doing a, a piece about, I mean, to put these gowns in some sort of exhibit? Well, there is. There is Actually, one. See, well, let's see. What does that say? It's called the Oregon Historical Society. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Which starts on August the 30th. I did not know that at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I curated that as well. So. fan freaking tastic The many shades of being Darcel, 52 years of fashion, 1967 to 2019, and that's going to be running from August 30th through November 3rd. Yeah. How fabulous. And what I did was I said... I first try to say, let's go by the years, 1970 to 1980 or whatever. Uh-huh. And then I thought, eh, what is iconic to him? Right. Is more. Oh, my gosh. This is, I'm just, I shouldn't be reading something. <laughs> this is a recording, for God's well, sake. And, what am I doing? On that, on that page there that you've got is, is a dress that he wore the uh-huh. night that he won Empress. This one, 1972? Yes. Yeah, 1972. The one on the right, left is marble. Those are pressed marbles glued on, hot glued onto a dress. Pressed marbles? Yeah, pressed what marbles. The, how do you press a freaking marble? Yeah, he did. Uh-huh. And then what happened was is that he wore that up to the time when they were going to announce who's going to win. So he changes into another dress he made, Wow. which is on the other page. Oh, this is, this is, I made this costume for the Imperial Sovereign Court of Portland Coronation. Yep, 1972. What? Yeah. This is the first dress I ever made from a pattern. If you notice, there is also a cape that goes along with the dress. My, oh, when it was finished, I thought it was so damned ugly, I decided to wear it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> my gosh. Yeah, yeah What yeah. a, oh my, what a beautiful Fun. thing you're doing, yeah. bringing to light a, a life that's brought so much to so many. Well, and the mm-hmm. thing is, Oregon Historic Society has never done anything like this. Oh, it's so wonderful. So this is huge for anybody to have this happen. Wow. Because they don't do things like this. I brought it to them, and Dawn. I said, I want to do this. And it was amazing. They agreed to do it. Well, and appropriate and, and exactly right. And mm-hmm. you have the mind to... Uh, unify and bring people together. That's it's what what makes the world go round. And you might mention that this is at a larger venue for this show. Oh, yeah, oh this that's one, yeah. so great! I'm glad you brought yeah. that up. And do you know why it's at the larger venue? No, I don't. <laughs> Tell us. Walter went to Lincoln High School. Uh huh. Lincoln Hall is the old Lincoln High School. Oh my gosh, that's great! And he graduated from Lincoln High School. That was the last graduating class. Oh, so on October in that th- space in that space, October the third, the alumni from Lincoln High School mm-hmm. are all coming to see the show. Oh my gosh! Well, that's great to know. So if you're an alumni of Lincoln High School, October the third, October the third. I mean, we could talk about the show all day long. <laughs> there, there's so much. Sorry. I mean. Best of luck to you, Kevin. Thank We're you. so looking forward to seeing it. And Don, beautiful kudos to the people you've brought together, the work you're doing, the way you are a community builder. It's just, you're such a beautiful part of this theatrical community. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's a big deal. This is our 30th anniversary. Right. So having so 30 years, having 30 years, I didn't plan on let's do this show for the 30th. Mm-hmm. It just has become this 30th. Bringing Kevin in has been a joy because there's not a lot of people who take this challenge on. Yeah. 
Well, I and someone, an actor of his caliber and yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was probably good that I was out of town, even though I knew who Darcel was. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you know who Darcel is? Um, I think I, yeah, I remember something. <laughs> so I was like, thank God, thank God. You know. Go look him up. Oh, yeah, find out. Yeah, so. so it wasn't quite as daunting until I got here. Yeah. Right. Until right. you met him and go, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, and it, it was funny too because Walter said, "You know the makeup that you had him do?" I go, "Yeah." He goes. I'm going to sit down with him. <laughs> I, he needs to learn how to do my makeup. Right. <laughs> Good. And it's real specific. Yeah. It's very specific. You watch the video, and it's truly not what you put on. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, this morning. And he goes, oh, Donnie, look at that. Look at how he did it. It's like, oh, I don't do that anymore. Oh, that. It's fun to watch him watch what he did years ago. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, thank you <laughs> so much for talking to me and how can people find out more about the show they can go online to triangle so there's actually two ways and mm-hmm. that is triangle productions so trianglepro.org mm-hmm. or darcel dash the musical great oh so, and there's lots of fun information on that and also merchandise the mm-hmm. whole bit and then also you can just call us at 503-239-5919 and get tickets yep. to see the show there are some nights that are three quarters sold yes oh. i was gonna say do it quickly because that yes, is it's so great filling up yeah, and, and it opens now. September 19th. September 19th. Great. Runs for three weeks. September 19th runs for three weeks. Any chance of an extension? No. No. Can't. Lincoln Hall is um, booked. Booked, of course. However, you can always move. Right. But As I know you know because you've moved many a show. I <laughs> I'm pretty much known for that. Don's yeah. just like, this guy's agile. <laughs> this no, show's think... selling out. It's going somewhere. Well, the, my goal is, this is a goal of mine, and mm. that is to honor this man, right? Mm-hmm. And also honor Portland. Mm. I mean, he. this is the only club in America. Mm. Do you know that? No. Continuous Drag Club. He's the only one. In America. In America. Wow. There's other ones that pop up or ones that do Sunday afternoons mm-hmm. to do it for as long as he has. He's the only one. That's remarkable. It's remarkable. In Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. There were reviews of his club that said, go to Portland, Oregon, and there are certain things you need to go see. Pittick Mansion, mm-hmm. the Rose Garden, and Darcell's. I can't imagine that Darcell would have been beneath the Piddock Mansion. <laughs> well, you know. I'm just saying. They should have done alphabetically. I and love then, the Piddock yeah. Mansion. That's no disrespect. <laughs> but then they added the voodoo donors as well, which right. seems, you know. But the thing is, is that all the way through his tenure, right? Mm-hmm. And so to have this. So if we can move it, if there's a possibility of taking it to San Francisco and then on, that would be great because then we take Portland with us. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? We mm-hmm. show that Portland is, is really... Not red or blue, but it's open. Mm-hmm. We have a really wonderful opportunity to prove to people mm-hmm. how much Portland has. I mean, he lives in, I mean, the club's in Old Town. Right. I mean, Skid Row. Right. I was down there to, yesterday and I was walking over people, right? Mm-hmm. And to have his club still open with people homeless. Mm-hmm. You know, that's amazing. He used to say the winos, they used to be, you know, drug addicts, and now, you know, they're just homeless people. Mm-hmm. But he said, I've seen the wave, but it doesn't stop anybody going down. Right. So to have that tenacity to mm-hmm. stay open all those years. One of my dearest friends, I said, what do you want to do for your birthday? It's in a couple of weeks. She says, I want to go to Darcell's. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what we'll yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. He'll greet yeah. you at the door. Yeah. I, well, that's another thing you have in common. Yeah, I know. You're, I know. A, you're a door greeter. Yeah. Well, Darcel wears shoes. Yeah. You don't. I'm not wearing wear shoes heels. in wear honor of you. <laughs> and the funny thing is, uh, I was down there because we were going to PMGC, and oh. he was putting his, his earrings on or whatever, and he goes, get me the, the gaff tape. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, what? 
He goes, give me the gaff tape. And I said, okay. And I went over there and got it. He goes, I cut it this way. And I fold it. He goes, no, you're doing it wrong. Throw it away. Get it up. He showed me how to fold it and put his earrings on. He has no pierced earrings. What? He has, he puts gaff tape on. His earrings are from his They're ear giant. Down, down to his shoulders. That man knows what to up with gaff tape. But I, yeah, but I tell you something. Have you lived to those things? No. We weighed them. They're four and a half pounds <gasps> a piece. No. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And they'll be at exhibit at the Oregon Historic Society as well. But wow. yeah, they're heavy. That that on top of the wig, on top of the necklace, on top of. No wonder he's in such great shape. <laughs> yeah. He's like been toting around hundreds of pounds of items on his own body. Well, that one dress. He should have a gym. <laughs> that one dress. Uh-huh. Dress and jacket was mm. seventy pounds. So you're talking 70 pounds plus the earrings plus the necklace plus, yeah. The wow. Well, obviously we could talk all day long about yeah, yeah. that. <laughs> Darcel's an important piece of the fabric of this community. You're bringing the story alive. Kevin, you're back in Portland. You're Yay. ready to work everywhere and anywhere. <laughs> Come see the show. Uh, and thank you for coming to talk. My pleasure. Yeah. I want to reach 50% more listeners in the next three months, and I need your help. Will you share and subscribe? If I reach my goal, let's invent a cocktail to celebrate. How about an adventure Rita in Artslandia? Or do you have a better idea?